February 12, 2016, Friday. The sun laboriously climbed into the sky, doing little to cut through the soup-like clouds. A breeze pushed against them, but there always seemed to be more. All the wind accomplished was decreasing the temperature of the air and tussling the hair of any unfortunate person that happened to be walking around. Friday brought with it a very energetic Amy and an exhausted James. James, like he did every day, walked out of his room, waddled to the kitchen, and began helping Amy cook. Amy welcomed him with a smile and tossed a fork at him. James returned a half-hearted smile and used the spoon to stir eggs Amy had already thrown into a bowl. They ate in relative silence, and when they were finished, their mother sent them off with a happy smile and a have a good Friday. The walk to school was cold and quiet. The skies were identical to the previous day, and Amy was on her phone, presumably texting Evelyn. Periodically, she would shoot a worried glance at James, but her attention always returned to her phone. When they arrived at school, they met Liz by the front gate. She gave the twins a huge smile and pecked James on the cheek. Are you feeling any better? She asked. Yeah, James lied. While yesterday was an amazing day, it just felt like a vacation, like the park was a place free of James's stress. But he always had to leave it. Liz, obviously, didn't believe him, but she let it go. James saw her shoot Amy a few worried glances, to which Amy shrugged. Today, James had several classes with both his sister and Liz, but he hardly spoke to either of them. In each of the classes, he did his best to stay focused on work, to avoid their sympathetic glances. In his math class, a class that he enjoyed due to its tendency to keep his mind occupied, he had finished his work early and had his head down. He could feel the heat from Amy's stare on the back of his neck, which he tried to ignore. Amy had a knack for math, so she finished her work before James did and dedicated her remaining time to try to get James to look at her. Finally, James just stood up. Ignoring the protest from his teacher, he walked out of the room. Without realizing what he was doing, he made his way to the bathroom and locked himself in a stall. Leaning his head against the wall, he tried to focus on breathing. At first, air rushed into his lungs quickly and purposefully. Then, as he calmed down, the air slowed and wandered a bit before reaching its destination. Why on earth did he feel like this? It was like the world was coming to an end, but nothing had changed. He still lived in the same old world. Everything just felt awful about it. James. James's head shot up from the wall. James, get out of the stall, the voice said. It was a voice that James didn't recognize. It sounded young and unconfident, but it also had a sense of urgency that compelled James to listen. Who's there? James asked aloud. He immediately kicked himself for how stupid he must sound squeaking from the inside of a bathroom stall. My name is Luke. Now get back to class. Why? What is going on? James bent to look under the door for any sign of the voice. A word of warning. Stay near people. They can only attack you when you're alone. James sucked in a breath. The air around him was hot. They? You are in a special kind of danger. The voice, Luke, said. How you feel right now is only the beginning of the attacks. How? What is going on? The voice groaned. James, listen. We're coming to save you, but you need to get through the day. Save me? Is Amy in danger too? I... We don't know if anyone is targeting your sister, but we have a reason to believe you are a target. What about Liz? <sighs> James, we don't know. But... James, go to class. Okay, okay. James kicked open the door of his stall and glanced around the bathroom. Luke? Then into the hallway. Luke? Every ounce of hope James had of this whole thing being a prank left him. Reluctantly, James made his way back to class and sat down. Amy shot him a worried look, but he just shook his head. Someone had just spoken to him. In his mind? James shook the thought from his head. Maybe he was just stressed from school. 
During lunch, the group sat and ate quietly, Amy trying her best to sound as chipper as ever, while Liz kept brainstorming ways to make James happy. James didn't eat very much food, and Liz ended up with a full meal. When she finished, James rested his head on her shoulder and closed his eyes for a second. Her body was steady, unmoving. She was like his own personal anchor. She was always what he needed her to be. Every once in a while, it was nice to just breathe and smell her cheap perfume. He felt her hand cup his forehead and ruffle his hair. James flicked his eyes open for a moment, taking in the room around him. His attention fell on Amy, who was staring off dejectedly. James followed her gaze to a flock of girls that had traveled to the other side of the cafeteria. He also noticed their distinct lack of regard for the school dress code. An arrogant grin appeared on his face as he tapped the table in front of his sister. She jumped and scowled. What? Control yourself, James muttered sarcastically. Amy went red and hung her head in embarrassment. This was a common occurrence. Jim would always poke fun at the fact that his sister had a tendency to stare at girls' butts more than he did. Well, you aren't allowed. Amy would reply. You have a girlfriend. And you stare at her butt more than I do. James would jest. Liz would elbow him much like she was now. Be nice. She hissed. Then she turned to Amy. Look, but don't stare. Don't be creepy. Amy gave Liz an appreciative smile, but abandoned her staring, suddenly seeming very interested in the plastic food in front of her. Hey, Liz? James began. Yes? Do you ever think how crazy it is that we have known each other for almost exactly half of our lives? Liz was quiet for a moment, and it was Amy who responded. I don't remember life without Liz, to be honest. She said between bites of soggy bread wrapped around plastic cheese. Liz, you have helped us through a lot. James muttered. Well, you two idiots have helped me through a lot as well. Liz replied. Yeah, I wouldn't be alive if it weren't for you two. James opened his eyes, and both he and Liz shot a surprised look in Amy's direction. What? You guys have helped me through everything since I was eight. Amy said. Then she turned towards Liz. Do you know James beat the ever-living crap out of someone that called me a fart? Liz chuckled. I did not know, but I'm not surprised. She responded, still laughing. James went red, and Liz laughed some more. Soon, Amy was laughing too. Then James. Well, you deserved it, James muttered. He didn't have to put effort into his smile. The rest of the day was better. James still felt heavy, but it was more bearable. He had Liz and Amy. No matter what happened, if he was with them, it would be okay. After school, they met up at the park. And just like the other day, Amy left James and Liz alone. Liz sat down on a bench and patted the seat next to her. James laid down on the bench with his legs over Liz's lap, using his hoodie as a pillow against the thick armrest. They sat without speaking for a long time. James closed his eyes and focused on breathing. Finally, Liz broke the silence. James, I think my mom wants my dad out of the house. I want him out too, James responded, thankful that they were talking about something other than him. I know, and I'm with you on that. But we both know he is going to do something destructive if my mom just up and throws him out. You're always free to stay at our house again, James replied. This time, he opened his eyes and looked at Liz. Shadows passed over her green irises. I need to be there for her. I can't just leave her to deal with this alone. I know, James muttered. He grunted and sat up to put a hand on Liz's shoulder. How about you talk to her tonight? Come up with a plan. I think she will get angry. And if my dad hears us talking about it, he'll be pissed. Well, if he does something, text me. I can call the police for you. Then he wouldn't be able to hurt you anymore. I guess we will see how it goes, Liz said, abruptly standing up knocking James's legs off her lap. I just want to keep you safe, James said quickly. Liz sighed and turned to look down at him. I know you do. James stood up and put his hands on Liz's waist. He looked down at her through his thick brown hair. 
He could feel her breath on his chin. Text me. If you need to reconvene back here, I will be here at a moment's notice. I know. She replied and hugged James. That's why I love you. James squeezed her and lifted her off the ground by simply straightening his back. I love you too. He whispered and set her down. Liz turned to walk away, and James's hands held nothing but air. Good luck. James called as she walked away. She didn't respond. James watched her leave and slowly sat back on the bench. As random thoughts drifted through his brain, never quite stopping to be acknowledged, one thing stayed firmly in place. Liz. Her smile, her eyes, her soft hands that always found a way to James's chest when she kissed him. Amy had been correct. He couldn't remember a single memory that Liz hadn't been a part of. Even if it were just a passing thought while he was doing homework alone, she was always there. The layer of clouds in the sky had thickened significantly since that morning, hiding the sky from the people on the ground. Fog invaded the park, making James shiver. A soft frost had condensed around the bench he sat on, and all the dew in the grass had frozen solid, making the grass into small bones sticking from the dirt. Amy's expecting me, James muttered to himself. Quietly, he stood up and threw his hood over his head. He turned to the park entrance and had only taken two steps before someone spoke behind him. You are correct in your prediction. James whipped around. A girl who looked a little older than him was staring at him from a distance away. It was too dark to see who it was, but the voice sounded familiar. The storm you mentioned Nantier, it is coming. The girl said, using air quotes at the word storm. James squinted in the direction of the girl. Aaron? James called. The girl took a step forward and confirmed James's suspicion. She looked far different from the timid girl he saw yesterday, however. She stood tall and wore a gray tank top that exposed her muscular arms and the tattoos that wound around them. She wore tight black jeans that hugged her toned legs with a silver chain hanging from her belt loop and a clean pair of chucks on her feet. What do you want? James asked, taking a step towards her. The girl looked down with a sheepish look on her face, but said nothing. We can't tell you that here. James whipped around and looked at the second girl. She was tall and she too had a blonde streak that separated her otherwise dark hair which blocked her right eye. The eye that wasn't hidden was a deep hypnotic blue. It made her seem unrealistically old, despite her face looking like she was only 19. She had a red scarf around her neck and a gray cloak draped around her shoulders. I am Ensley, and I can better explain things when we get to the facility. To the facility? James was starting to back away. Don't get too excited. A third voice called. James spun around and met the third girl's eye. I'm Evie. We met yesterday. Evie was the shortest girl. She spoke with the same heavy British accent as the day prior, and was wearing the same dark blue jacket. Her thin arms, the skin of which looked like melted clay from the burn marks and scars, were poking out of the rolled up sleeves of her hoodie. Her hood was up so James could only see her eyes and a bit of her ruffled hair, but something was trying to poke through the top of the hood. So, what do you- James looked around. The girls were slowly getting closer to him. He took a few steps back until his leg hit the bench behind him. Are you coming with us, mate? Evie stated. Her expression held the arrogance of a cat closing in on a canary. Whoa! I have to get back home. And no, that is not an invitation to my bed. He watched his era, who was closest to him, chuckle. He took this minor distraction and quickly turned around and began running to the open gate at the far end of the park. Well, that was his idea. Stop! A voice called out. To James's horror, he froze in place as his brain pulsed against his skull. His toes no longer responded to his commands, and even his mouth seemed to stop working. Desperately, he tried to break free from the catatonic state, but it was like his whole body was encased in stone. Turn! James's body spun around robotically. He was now facing the three girls, two of which were staring proudly at Evie, 
Her hood had fallen, and James could now see two horns, each about the length of a pencil, protruding from her messy red hair. Enough with the bants, she said. Her hand was held out to James, and it was shaking. You aren't going to make this any harder than it needs to be. Don't worry, James, Ensley assured in a motherly tone. You will be okay. I'm not worried about- James trailed off as he realized one of the girls was missing. His unspoken question was answered a moment later, when something wooden slammed against the back of his skull. A girl was standing with her back to me. She sported two wings that were as white as a dove's. Suddenly, these wings caught fire, and horns grew from her head. The girl turned around to face me. Her eyes were black with a red iris. She was muttering something over and over again. I tried to listen to what she was trying to say, but she was too far. I took a step closer and began to feel I'm sorry, the I'm sorry, 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 I'm sorry. Suddenly I heard several screams rise from the fire. Then the girl in front of me joined them in their hellish howling. James awoke with a start. His eyes opened, but no light entered them. Sitting up, he bumped his head on something hard and metal. It took him two seconds to realize what had happened. The girls had thrown him in a trunk. His brain felt like it was being squeezed against the confines of his skull. There was a pulsing ache in the back of his head that increased in speed when he moved. He waited in silence as the car he was in traveled to an unknown location, then stopped. A minute later, the trunk opened. James's eyes slowly adjusted to the light filtering in, and he saw one of the girls, Evie, staring back at him. She offered him her hand, but James didn't accept it. Come on, I don't bite. Evie muttered. Her face seemed to brighten. Then it darkened as she spoke again. Just don't touch me, or I'll stab you. James chuckled nervously and grabbed her hand. With a powerful tug, she pulled him out of the trunk. Once out, he glanced around and took note of his surroundings. There were people everywhere doing this and that. None of them paid him any mind. The car he was getting out of was in the middle of what looked like a massive airport parking garage, except it was made of light-colored wood and marble. It was cold. If I have to control you again, we're gonna have issues. Evie stated while James gawked at his surroundings. I didn't think I'd have to. James couldn't know for sure, but Evie sounded almost... apologetic? Do you do this often? James asked, still not fully attentive to the girl. Not unless I have to. James lowered his gaze from the impressive walls to the girl and scowled. If you ever do that to my sister, I will kill you. Evie smirked. I'll only do it if she's into that sort of thing. My sister doesn't have a mind control kink. You don't know that. James frowned and was going to speak more, but Evie walked away laughing <laughs> and was replaced by Aaron. Aaron, what the hell's going on? James asked. I prefer Aaron. Aaron stated. Aaron is my prim and proper name. She said prim and proper with a fake British accent, causing Evie to turn and scowl. James scoffed. Anyway, don't feel bad that we got the jump on you. We aren't exactly human. James rolled his eyes. Yeah, I kind of figured that out when I saw Evie's. He trailed off as Ensley appeared from behind the car he had just escaped. James watched as her gray cape grew and expanded. Two massive gray wings spread out in both directions. Horns, James finished before turning to Era with a shocked expression. She shrugged and spread out two white wings from her back. They were significantly smaller than Ensley's, but they fit Era in a strange, impossible-to-decipher way. 
Evie ducked under Ensley's left wing and spread out her own, smaller pair, and pulled her hood down, exposing her horns once again. Something pulled at James's mind, but he pushed it away. We are a race of beings known as servants. Ensley began. We serve humanity and are tasked with keeping you safe. James thought back to the voice he had heard in the bathroom. We are coming to save you, but you need to get through the day. Whose voice did I hear earlier today? James asked slowly. These girls could still be the enemy. Luke. Evie muttered, putting her hood back up. He's a messenger. It was his job to make sure you aren't too freaked out when we show up. James blinked several times. Each collision did nothing but bring more pain to his head. Everything that was happening was just too weird. He took a step back to catch his balance. The three girls stared back at him as if they were preparing to catch him if he fell. He took a deep breath like Lizard taught him and closed his eyes for a moment. I'm okay, James stated. Someone explain. He trailed off as his eyes landed on an angry looking man running from across the other end of the room. He seemed to be very old and he appeared to be taller than Ensley. Uh... James pointed at the man and the girls looked to see. Evie and Era both took a step back. Era grabbed James and pushed him behind Ensley, who spread her wings and stood straight. James and Era both fell to the concrete due to the force of the shove. What do you think you're doing? The old man demanded. He had a pointed white beard and a pair of small wire glasses. Despite his aged appearance, his dark skin was clear of senile warts. Eris stood and grabbed James, then broke out into a run, Evie right behind them. James looked back as the old man reached Ensley. She flexed her wings forward and put her hands against the man. Her mouth moved quickly to calm him down. Eventually, the group ran out of his view, and James began to look around at all the things he was passing. Welcome to headquarters, James, Eris said, slowing her pace slightly. To most people, it just looks like a parking garage. We ensure no one gets in with a few shields, and servants with the ability to change people's slots. That is... Creepy. That's what I thought when I first got here. But I love it here. Yeah. Cool place. Can I go home now? If you're worried about your mom and sister, it's fine. You'll be back in the morning. Evie said, smirking. That doesn't mean I don't want to go home. James almost yelled. That old man didn't seem to want me here. Don't worry about the master. Evie muttered. Don't worry. His title is the master. Hey. Era interjected. You're one of the only non-servant beings to ever be here. You should show some respect. Not wanting to displease the beautiful, yet terrifying woman, James dropped it. Besides, you can trust us to get you home on time. The group passed many doorways with different letters carved into their frames. One of the people that they passed held his hand out to James. Hey cutie, he had said. There was a long red strand of licorice hanging from his mouth. Do I know you? The boy frowned. You don't recognize my pristine tenor voice? We spoke while you were in the bathroom, come on man. Luke? Despite the boy's height, he seemed like he was younger than James and had messy brown hair with a blonde streak through it like everyone else. He had dark skin, blue eyes, and several scars on his face and neck. A red t-shirt hid under a large black overcoat with a pair of black jeans underneath. His wings, which he neatly tucked behind his back, were a light gray color with a blue pattern near the center of them. I am James. James responded dully, awkwardly putting his hands into Luke's. And now you're mine, Luke said enthusiastically. What? Nothing. James scowled and continued walking. He wasn't actually mad though. He didn't know why, but he liked the kid. After their exchange, the boy continued walking with them. He spoke a few hushed words to Era before quieting down significantly and becoming reticent. His eyes were trained on the back of her head the whole time. Eventually, they arrived at a doorway that had JKC carved on the pale wood trim above it. James gasped. 
The room he walked into was huge. Massive screens covered every wall. There were nearly a hundred men and women in this room, watching these monitors while speaking in hushed voices. Luke walked to a screen and joined several people in conversation. James, after scanning the room and looking at all the servants, took a look at the screens. A side view of his house was displayed on one of the monitors, and to the left was his kitchen, to the left of that was his bedroom. Below it was Amy's bedroom and his mother's. His mother was watching a show on her TV. Amy was sitting on the ground in the living room, staring at the front door. She was noticeably fidgeting. She must be worried, James thought. He looked around. Other TVs showed some of his friends and even people he barely knew. One screen was of Liz. He couldn't hear anything coming from it, but it depicted Liz's father with his mouth open, pointing at the door. Liz's eyes were shining, a clear indication that she was near crying. Her phone was unlocked in her right hand, and her finger was trained over a green button that rested just below an image he and Liz had taken in middle school. James recognized this image as his contact photo on Liz's phone. A pit grew in his stomach as he watched Liz's finger slowly tap the green button. Since his school didn't allow phones, he had left his at his house. The call Liz was making was undoubtedly James's sign to head to the park, as they had planned. He needed to be there for her. Ira, he said quietly, grabbing her shoulder. Please, let me go back. Ira, who had been focused on the screen as well, turned around. She looked troubled. I I'm sorry, James. I would if I could, she said, her voice breaking. Clearing her throat, she spoke again. We will get you home soon. Ensley and the master walked into the room. The old man still looked very annoyed. As he approached, an odd scent berated James's nostrils. It wasn't particularly good or bad. It was almost inviting, but it was strong. Once the pair reached James and Era, he extended his hands towards James. Nice to meet you, Mr. Carthist. His voice was gravelly and deep. Ew, don't call me by my dad's name. Despite the anger that was evident in the old man's eyes, he chuckled. After that positive affirmation, James put his hand in the old man's. He had a very tight grip for his age. I knew your father. He was a good man. You knew my- There was a misunderstanding. The man interrupted. The girls weren't supposed to bring you here. They were supposed to watch over you. He said the last part louder while looking at the girls. Aaron and Evie looked down like it was their father who was scolding them. Why do I need people watching over me? James asked. He tried to keep his voice from sounding too annoyed. You guys seem to be keeping a close enough eye on me with this massive breach of privacy. James waved his hands towards the screens. As you have said, there's something bad coming. We as servants have a duty to protect humans, and unfortunately, we are in the middle of another war. Certain enemies of ours want you dead, and one in particular, a half-blood woman named Lizabel, has already begun to take advantage of your mental state. My mental state? James asked. His fists curled. James had had difficulty with his mind since he was young but it was manageable. Hearing someone pointing it out, especially a stranger, enraged him. Who was this man to insult James's mind? It's not just you, the man continued, as if oblivious to James's anger. These people want many, many people dead. You, however, are more important than most humans. Why? James yelled suddenly. He took a step towards the man. He felt someone grab his wrist and pull him back. He turned to see Liz. The master straightened his back and slammed his foot in the floor. The air around them warped. James turned. It was like a giant bubble formed around the group. The ringing in his ears got louder. You should not disrespect me again, the man yelled as he took a big step towards James. James looked around for assistance. Ensley was unfazed. Evie was staring intently at one of the screens, and finally Era. 
She was where James had just seen Liz. She was looking at the man and shaking slightly. Her ordinarily calm eyes were large. James had only a moment to wonder why he'd seen Liz earlier before he turned back to the man. Realizing he was on his own, James backed away. I am sorry, sir. You are important because of your father, Samuel stated calmly. The air around the group went back to normal. He seemed like he was about to say something else when an obnoxiously loud siren cut through the room and pierced James's ears. Then the room turned red. Luke ran across the room and muttered something to Samuel. Then he ran back to the screens. Girls, get James home, the master commanded quietly. I'll deal with the breach. Yes, sir, Ensley affirmed and looked in James's eyes. Remain calm yet alert. James looked around. The ground shook beneath him and the ringing in his ears grew louder. What is going on? James yelled over the siren. Someone is trying to break into the facility, Ensley replied as she waved Evie over. Evie had broken eye contact with the screen and was now running to the group. Era had turned back around and was staring intently at Ensley. Something in her eyes scared James. True, unmitigated fear. Ainsley? Era called over the alarm. What's the plan? Evie finished for Era. James's head whipped back and forth between the two girls as they continued yelling. His vision blurred and darkness clouded the edges of his vision. Hey, look at me, James! Ensley shouted through the noise, her blue eye shining. The ringing in James's head took over. The darkness grew. His head got heavy. His eyes remained trained on Ensley's as he fell into someone's arms.